you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. It is day four of a summer camp 2023. It's yes. our last day of broadcasting. Yes. Uh, from camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, full day today. And then tomorrow is, is checkout. Yeah. And then everybody heads home. Hopefully, hopefully to, man, I know this is like a big statement, but hopefully to be forever changed. Amen. Um, by the encounter that they have had with the Lord here. Uh, every morning they are up and at them mm-hmm. and they go down to this um, pond, this lake, and uh, a pond. I think you call it a pond. It's a pond. Mm-hmm. And they meet there, all of the students every morning, and they've been reading through the book of James yeah. this whole week. And so they spend time with the Lord in his word in the morning. And then after that, they go and have breakfast. And then um, they're te- there's uh lessons in the morning mm-hmm. and then they have breakout sessions where they right. meet with their counselors so in their small groups for discussion yeah and then they have free time and we come back together in the evening mm-hmm. and there's a presentation then they go into their small groups and discuss mm-hmm. and then they have a little bit of free time afterwards yeah they might uh, do some activities some, yeah. you know afterwards sometimes there's a game or whatever yeah um before lights out before lights out then <laughs> that's it so cool yeah so so i i wanted to get your take on last night's uh round of discussions because one of the things that i find so um incredibly fruitful and i think also very telling of where our kids are is when we have q a mm-hmm. and it seemed last night and i don't know if this was sparked by your teaching so you did a culture proof part two presentation mm-hmm. i presented culture proof in the morning and then you yes. did a part two and talked about what it looks like. Like, what do we see in scripture? Like, what does culture proof look like from the scriptures? Um, and then also you touched on having these hooks, these mm-hmm. things that are besetting sins, these things that continue to cause us to stumble every time we're presented with them. And um, one of the things you wrapped up with was that a culture proof kid must be full of the spirit of God. Yeah. Like that we, in order to be empowered for service, we have to mm-hmm. recognize that we can't do these things in our own strength. That's right. And you painted the picture of uh, the apostle Peter mm-hmm. who his, it seemed that his makeup, you know, like, man, he would kind of like, it was a little bit cowardly, like denying mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Even yeah. to the point of cussing, I don't yeah. know him, you know? And then after that being um, empowered and emboldened by the Holy spirit, uh, man, just really operating without the fear that prior to that yeah. had crippled him. Yeah. And in talking about that mm-hmm. um, and then leaving room for questions afterwards, it yeah. seems that our kids really have a desire to know and to understand both the things of the spirit. And then also they kind of really drove the discussion toward the unseen realm. Like they recognize yeah. that there's a realm that we don't see. And frankly, they don't have enough conversations about that. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it was something to to hear. You know, as far as their questions about angels, questions about the spiritual realm. Yeah, you know how all that works, and, and, and I think it was great. It, it was great. Um, they were great questions, and you can tell that they've really been thinking hard about yeah. you know some of these things. And uh, one of the counselors earlier that they said, "Hey, man, in our small groups, we've been talking about." the spiritual realm and different things. And, and that so, was before your presentation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, so you might get some questions about that tonight. And it, and it did come up. And even uh, today, there was a few questions about uh, the same type of thing. I, I think, I think the young people here, I'll just say from what we see here, they are on the, they understand that there's more to this life than just what we see. Yeah. Yeah. They're understanding that there is a different uh, realm you know, and I think a lot of times we take that for granted. We look at what's uh, right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can have this attitude that this is it. This is mm-hmm. what is reality. But, man, there's a whole nother realm that we can't see mm-hmm. that things are happening, that God is working, that there are enemy forces working, there are things that's going on. You know, that's why it's important for us as believers to pray, to do the spiritual exercises, you know, prayer, fasting you know, the intercession and stuff like that, because there are things that are going on that, and God has given us weapons in which to, to fight with. That's right. And so it was good because I felt like uh, the way that it it turned out for the the, the, uh, discussion about spiritual matters. um, I I know Sammy was saying that, man, God has given us weapons. Amen. That's basically how we ended it off. Like you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be. And we talked about Ephesians chapter six, the arm of God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, and I think, um, there was some great questions and some great uh, thought provoking things that came out. And even in their discussions, from what I can tell uh, afterwards, you know, the, the, the conversations continued about mm-hmm. those spiritual matters. You know, what's interesting to me about that is that I think in our culture and certainly in uh, the entertainment uh, industry in our culture, they have really uh, capitalized on the curiosity and the intrigue of an unseen realm of a supernatural realm. And I think that even the reason that the market for that and the reason that it appeals so much to our kids is because all of us in our design and our makeup, we recognize that there must be something beyond what we see. And so this has captured the hearts and the minds of our kids in so many ways. And I think it's really sad that, excuse me, when there are questions about the unseen realm and questions about the Lord and about angels and about even fallen angels, Mm -hmm. uh, that we have answers. We have a biblical response that we can give to our kids. And yet we hold back on that because it makes us uncomfortable. Mm. We think, and I, I feel like in that vacuum then comes, you know, darkness, the dark side, the dabbling in this and the, and the curiosity that is just there. Um, and excuse me, really shouldn't be denied like the curiosity that we have to to recognize and to help understand or to understand a realm that we can't see yeah i think parents and grandparents should be tasked with presenting scripture Mm -hmm. to kids and 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 yes confirming that yes there is a realm that we don't see i heard someone say uh recently and i thought man this is this is a really excellent point I heard someone say that if we live in such a way so as to suggest that what we see is more real than the unseen realm, like what we Mm -hmm. see, what we can put our hands on, that we live like, well, that's what's real, real. Mm. And this unseen realm is just like kind of real. It And this man, he made such a great point. He said, what we are suggesting is that we're more real than God. Mm. (laughs) Because remember, 
in this realm that mm. we don't see with our natural eyes, mm-hmm. right? This, this is where God is, mm-hmm. right? Like to, mm-hmm. to understand, to say it simply, yeah. and I don't mean to overly uh, simplify that, but if we, if we ignore that and our kids have a curiosity about that, right? Like they have an interest in that. And the Bible invites them to have that curiosity. Mm -hmm. The Bible invites them to have that interest because from Old Testament to New Testament, you're reading about these supernatural encounters, these supernatural interactions where God is the one who starts the conversation. Mm. God is the Mm -hmm. one who enters this into our common lexicon where we start talking about angels and we start Mm -hmm. talking about demons and we talk about this realm that we can't see. And I think if we are afraid of that, if we keep quiet, if we say, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. That just makes me uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. well, but the Bible deals with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid that what happens is that when we don't deal with it, we don't talk about it. The questions that our kids have, those questions don't go away. Yeah. And so they just find a different way or another avenue by which to get those questions answered. And, and I would say, um, sadly, the answers that they get, if they can't come to God's word, if they can't come to members of the bride, if they can't come to biblically sound theologians, um, then the information that they end up walking away with can be really destructive or detrimental to the faith. And I think we can do better. I think we can do better. I I think definitely uh, we as Christians should be the most comfortable speaking about the spiritual matters mm-hmm. because we have the Bible. That's and we, right. And these are not things that we're making up, no. you know, and I, the way that the culture tries to uh, present them in movies and all, you know, different type, types of art form is, is a skewed way of looking at certain things. And I think that's where a lot of our children get mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, ghost or this or that, yeah. Yeah. you know, when there is a spiritual realm and there are things that are happening, we need to go to the straight edge of scripture to mm-hmm. find out exactly uh, what they are. Yeah. Because the Bible talks about principalities and rulers and, and spiritual wickedness and things like that and mm-hmm. demons and, you know, as well as angels. And and so it's all in the word of God. But if we are not adept to like going there first to educate ourselves and, right. and our children, right. then the culture is wide open to present to them something that is really not right or, yeah. or not accurate. And so we, we should be amongst the, the ones who feel the most comfortable mm-hmm. at talking about these type of things. And when we, and when we allow ourselves to be comfortable because of our own reading of God's word, mm-hmm. our own taking in God's word and believing it as it is, the truth of God, like that it's not a fairy tale. See, when, when we really believe that this is the totality of God's word, then we don't feel comfortable just picking and choosing what makes us comfortable. We're like, no, it's God's word. You, you must take all of it for what it is. right? Right. And then when you do that and then you process God's word, when we are presented with questions from our kids, for example, there was a question last night, right? Here's a question. Uh, and I'm going to paraphrase cause I may not remember it verbatim, but it was something, it was like a three part question. It was like, um, are angels real? Um, mm-hmm. and can we trust them? Yeah. There's another part that I'm missing, but the, the question was, are angels real? Like mm-hmm. do angels really exist? Mm-hmm. And, um, can we trust them? Mm-hmm. Can we trust them? Right. So, so the first answer is yes, angels are real. Mm. The, the word angel means messenger, right? Mm-hmm. So angels exist. The Bible tells us that angels exist. Can we trust them? Depends. Right. Right. Depends on how they, how they show up. Right? right. And so the Bible is very clear on this, that angels are messengers of God and that God dispatches them as he wills. We see this from old Testament to new Testament. We see this with the apostle Peter. We read in the book of Hebrew, uh, Hebrews that angels are sent to minister to those who have inherited eternal life. Mm-hmm. 
Additionally, in the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul saying, if I or an angel from heaven comes to you with something other than what you've originally heard, in other words, a different gospel, another gospel, Mm -hmm. reject them, let them be accursed, let them do not receive that, right? Reject it, reject it, reject it. Now, why is that important? So if I get all like nervous and I can't talk to kids about angels, right? (laughs) Then I also can't talk about why we have some false religions that actually began with angels appearing to Mm. men. Mm-hmm. So now I can't talk to them about Islam, mm-hmm. where there was an angel that appeared to Muhammad and told him to recite. Like now I can't now I can't talk about Mormonism, where mm-hmm. there was an angel that came and brought a new iteration of the gospel, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. where the Bible clearly says that if an angel comes and presents something other. Now, why do we need to know that? Because the Bible also tells us that angels masquerade or that demons masquerade as angels of light, mm-hmm. that, that they're not going to you know, we don't want our kids walking around with this idea that they should be on a lookout for a guy with like a red face and horns. Right. Because that would be frightening and jolting enough for many of our kids to reject. But man, the false doctrine Mm. that they are faced with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you pointed out, you're talking about this and it's like, man, when you step back and think about this for a second, the Bible speaks in terms of like, doctrines of demons mm-hmm. so like demons have doctrine right. that they want you to accept that they yeah. want you to subscribe to like they, they they want that to become a part of how you live here's the point that i'm making and i think that this is so important our kids have questions about this yeah so we invite them we tell them to go read god's word mm. and we continue to stress that read god's word read god's word and then the kid is reading god's word and they're like okay um Am I supposed to really believe that angels exist? Am I supposed to really believe that they have encounters with men? Like that, like how, how do I process that? Well, we don't then shrink back from that and say, oh, no, no, no. Just um, skip to way, truth and light. Like just <laughs> right. way, truth and life. Like just leave, leave, leave the rest of that alone. Mm-hmm. We say, no, God is revealing. God is telling us something about a realm that we can't see. There are many more answers that we have that God has revealed to us um, than we give the Bible credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it is just maybe we just don't invest the time into searching those things out. Yeah. But as we also told the kids last night, there are some things that God has reserved for himself. Yeah. There yeah. are some things that we just don't know. Right. And he is God. <laughs> so we love and respect him enough yes. to say, OK, I, I, mean, I don't understand all of that. He's wise. He's, he's wise. He has a, he had a certain time when he revealed about salvation for the Gentiles. Come on. Come on. <laughs> all that hidden. time. And then, yes. <laughs> so oh, he's wise. Man, he so knows good. exactly what he's doing. Amen. Amen. And so I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged about these conversations that we're having with our kids. And, you know, I don't know if they're like a sample set of what's happening right now with Christian kids across this country. I kind of hope that they are. I hope that they are representative of what parents are doing, that parents are putting in the work. It doesn't mean that they're getting every single question answered, but it means that they're at least engaging content and that they're thinking deeply. We'll take this break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, we're broadcasting live from uh, Aiden, North Carolina. We're at summer yes. camp at the Refuge, the, re- the Refuge of Eastern North Carolina. That's right. And uh, this is the fourth and final full day yeah. of, of summer camp 2023. And so we wanted to turn our focus all this week 
uh, on our kids and talking about our youth. And again, when thinking through who needed to be some of our guests this week, of mm -hmm. course, Mark and Amy Warren come to mind. Uh, Mark is a pastor and a teacher and Amy teaches and is a student of apologetics. She's also a Colson fellow and together they have a huge heart and passion for training and equipping teenagers to be able to defend the faith and mm -hmm. to live the life that they sing about on Sunday mornings. They also happen to direct the youth apologetics track for the mm -hmm. marriage family life conference for ages 13 to 17. Yes. And we just wanted to spend some time talking to them about the importance of equipping our kids to be able to defend the faith uh, Amy, I'm going to start with you here really quickly. My first question for you is this on the heels of MFL 2023 and spending so much time with teenagers from all across the country. And this is kind of putting you on the spot here just a little bit. Are, <laughs> are you encouraged and hopeful or do you have hair in your hands? Like where, where, where are you now? <laughs> Hello. Did we lose Amy? Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you yes. hear me? Uh oh. Oh no. Okay. Let's let's Hello? let's see if we can get let's Amy reconnected. Oh. Can she? That sounded this like is, you. This is that was me. <laughs> Amy, can, can you try hear to me? Get them back. Okay, maybe not. Can Mark hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Mark, I feel like you disconnected Amy. I feel like you were like, nah. <laughs> Mark, I would I could use I could ask you the same question, um, but I wouldn't phrase it like, are you pulling your hair out? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. That's I have look, my husband. You guys know. Come on, guys. All right. Yeah. Um, but but let me let me go ahead and start with you. We'll get Amy reconnected here. Um, but you guys uh, together direct the youth apologetics track and you work really hard to put together a right. variety of content to teach apologetics in different disciplines across di different disciplines. My question was going to be, and I was going to follow up with you on the same question. When you look at what you guys have just done, so we just finished MFL 2023. Are you encouraged by what you saw in the teenagers from all across the country or are you still kind of like strongly concerned? Now, I, I'm in, I'm encouraged because uh, Christ has not changed, and um, when students surrender to Christ and give their life to Christ, I know that Jesus can change a person no matter what the culture. I can't think of a more challenging culture than the first century church mm. with the persecution and the idolatry. And that's the century that the church at its birth and grew and changed the world. So mm -hmm. wherever we're at, you know, I, I believe if we will point people to Christ and disciple them, as uh, George Barna talked about in the conference, and I was glad the youth were able to hear him, um, discipleship and teaching people to follow and obey Christ is the key. Mm hmm you know, Mark, you just said something that I think is so important. So I, I kind of want to stay here for just a second. When you talk about the condition that the church grew up in early on, right? Like, like the birth of the church and the expansion of the church, the growth of the church. 
I think sometimes when we look at where we are in 21st century America, we almost kind of like romanticize that like, oh, we've never been here before. We don't know what to do. We, you know, like that, that we are kind of outnumbered or outsmarted or something like that. But I think it's so important for us to remember that even in the midst of immense persecution and being mm-hmm. surrounded by what seemed to be at the time, uh, unfettered wickedness, the Lord kept his promise that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Absolutely. And I, I think it's important to um, challenge and engage the culture and not not shy away from the battle. I think mm-hmm. when we try to um, compromise or take the road of least resistance, rather than finding peace, what we find is uh, the enemy and the culture is going to want more and more from us, more and more from our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we say we're following Christ, there really is no turning back because mm-hmm. we 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 invite the, the enemy to to attack us and try to discourage us. And and you know our battle's not against flesh and blood, but it's about mm-hmm. an invisible spiritual enemy that wants to kill steal and destroy us, mm-hmm. our, our families, our our children. And, you know, I think there was a song I remember back in the 80s, this means war, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it is war. It's a spiritual warfare. And we have to, you know, we have to, you know, band together and fight and um, come together, like in the conference uh, with the Bible studies and um, having fun talking to the kids sitting around the table hearing yeah. um, hearing their challenges and trying to equip them and, and I was encouraged by the many kids that we've seen for three years now, the same kids. They're there, they're growing, they're getting taller, but they're also <laughs> growing growing in their faith. Yeah. And and, you know, I, I told Amy, you know, after the um you know, conference we were talking and and it's been a challenge and uh time for us and i said you know you're you're still standing tall Mm. in jesus christ you know Mm -hmm. you're not not you're not knocked down you're not defeated you're Mm -hmm. standing tall and um you know we're still standing and and there's there's work to do and and we need to um keep fighting and and not be not be discouraged and when we get discouraged we need to get around people that can help us, uh, yeah. encourage us and, yeah. and take, take retreats and, uh, stay built up and connect to, you know, our, the body of Christ, the local Amen. church and, and work together. Um, you know, it's, it's our job as, as parents to disciple our kids and en- engage the culture. That's right. And Amen. it's our job as, uh, as a local church to do that. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amen. Amen. Let me do this. Then I think we have Amy back. Amy, I want to ask you the same question. Um, as you guys were looking back on MFL 2023 and, and having the opportunity, um, to meet with teenagers and teach apologetics across various disciplines. Um, are you encouraged by what you saw? Are you concerned? And then let me just kind of go a step further. Uh, what specifically, would have encouraged you or did encourage you, encourage you. And then what things do you feel like, man, we still need to 
work in these areas? Oh, man, great question. I would say a little bit of both. I say I would say really encourage because, um, you know, we say it's, it's an American family radio conference. And I say this every year, you kind of assume or you kind of, you know, think that the kids that are coming are coming from Christian homes. And many of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the thing is that they're they're so hungry for information. Mm-hmm. They're so hungry to make sense of the chaos that they see in the world. And when they come to the conference, it's like. You know, they're, they're, a lot of them really are just kind of sitting on the edge of their seats. And, and, and you, you really do have, just, uh, you know, two extremes and everything in between. You've got those that are growing up in, you know, um, homes where, where they're being discipled and with mm-hmm. worldview and apologetics. And some of them, you'd be surprised how many of them I talked to. And I asked this, have, have you ever heard of apologetics? And so many of them said no. They've never heard mm. even the word. Um, and so to see them there, I w- I'm very encouraged by how e- how eager they are to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. we give them workbooks, you know, every year for the purposes of them just to be able to write down the things that they're hearing and questions yes. and really kind of put their thoughts to paper. And the amount of kids that I saw just writing, <laughs> you know, yeah. writing is like it was just, you know, constant, just, you know, notes after yeah. notes after notes. I'm so encouraged by that. But then at the same mm-hmm. time, I am concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned because, you know, in the real world, how much of this is being connected between the parents and the kids. And, and so many of our speakers, they're so, they were just so good and so um, wise in, in their field of study and in the way that they communicated to the kids. Um, but told them, especially Dr. Um, Dr. Nurse Mama, um, Dr. Jessica yeah, Peck, Jessica you know, Peck. she, she was, she was just able to really connect with the kids. And she told them to talk to your parents, talk to your parents. There is just, like a wall. There's, there seems to be a wall that, that our culture has built and, and, and purposely and, and definitely mm-hmm. satanic, right. And mm-hmm. evil and wicked between kids and their parents and the That's older right. generations. Right. And it's just, that's the concern. That's the concern. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that these kids want to learn that they're eager. They want to have conver- conversations. And man, you know, parents, I encourage you. I cannot encourage you enough. Make spaces in your home where they are just your home community where you come together and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kids good. are anxious. They are, they are starving for conversation with mm-hmm. their parents. Man, you don't have to have know it all. But learn mm-hmm. it together. Listen to podcasts while you're cooking, where they are, where they can hear yeah. you. You know, talk about books. Listen to you know speakers who who talk about these cultural issues in the in their presence. You yeah. know, make a community, a common community, a, a place you have a living room. Sit together, talk together. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress that enough. These Man. kids yeah. want that. That yeah. is so good. That's and good. the thing I love about that is that it presents the spiritual need, right? And mm. and I think it really touches on a lot of parents' desires. Like yeah. I think that there are many parents who are listening to us who didn't realize that they were being shut out from their kids' lives intentionally. They I think were just kind of operating from this this set of of experience or from this experience that was kind of like when we grew up, we may have had moments where we and our our parents didn't see eye to eye, but we always knew like, okay, but we have relationship with them. Mm. Like, okay, yeah, I disagree or I'm mad, you know, but there's something that's happening in our culture today that's way more sinister than what we all grew up with, that there is 
a direct attack right. on the bond between parents and children. And the reason for that is that the end goal is destruction. Yeah. And so I love what you're saying, number one, and pointing it out, but number two, sprinkling in some practical steps to overcome that divide. Mm. Because I think that there are parents who are listening who are like, okay, Amy, I hear what you're saying. What do I do? But what do I do? Where yeah. do I start? And yeah. so I kind of want to, I want to continue down this road here yeah. because you mentioned, um, listening to podcasts together, discussing books that you're reading. What are some of the other ways you've got two daughters? Did we lose Amy? Okay. We've lost Amy again. Well, if Mark but, is still on, Mark can pick up because they've got two daughters. So yeah, this is good. Yeah. Uh, and then Amy can jump in when she joins us again, but you guys have two daughters and you've got one daughter who entered her first year of college this past year. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. And then you've got yes. another teenager who is she junior or senior? She'll be a senior this year. Okay. So she's going into her senior year of high school. What are the ways that your family actually um, kind of insulates itself? Like how do you uh, maintain that connectedness between yourself and your daughters in these teenage years? I think spending time together and I've, uh, you know, I got up this morning. I had a lot of things I had to do, but, um, you know, I, I, I said to my, my youngest daughter, I said, let's go, let's go get breakfast. And, you know, I waited for her and I spent that time. And, and if, um, if I'm too busy, you know, Amy's going to point that out to me. And if she's mm. too busy, I'm going to point that out to her that, yeah. um, my, my mom, before she passed away, she, she gave me a watch. And on the watch, it said, thank you for the gift of your time. Mm. And, and that has just uh, governed everything that I've tried to do with my kids. Because they were about, uh, I think, two, two and six months old when my mom passed away. Mm. And so I, I value time. Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think you can fake that. If you're more interested in making money or if you're mm -hmm. more interested in watching sports, I think mm -hmm. your kids are going to know that. But if yeah, you, you know, what's really interesting. Love... Let me just add to that, Mark, because I, I, I think you're touching on something that's so critical. I would add to that also more interested in um, let's how do you, how do you say it? Like ministry outside of your home, mm. right? I think there are so many things right. that get in the way of us investing in our kids and our kids can sense that. And these are sometimes good things. Like these are things, even necessary right. things, but I think the Lord wants us to keep those things in perspective. Can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, not trying not to bring in, uh, what you're interested in all the time, but listening and, um, spending time and talking and, helping them to um, develop that same relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that is the, the next step is realizing that we are, we're passing on the faith. We're not going to, you know, unless Jesus returns, we're not going to be here forever. Right. But we right. have to cherish and develop that relationship first and foremost, and, and then pass on the faith, teach them, to follow and obey Christ so that they know that although mom and dad are not going to 
be here forever because I've lost both of my parents. Mm. But the faith that lived in them lives mm. in me. Amen. Mark, let me do this. Faith. I want. Let me grab the break here. We're going to come back right on the other side of the break and we can pick up here and kind of continue to drill down. Aaron, the Addison's American family radio. We'll be right back. Where else can I go? Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And we're broadcasting live and direct from uh, the refuge mm-hmm. in Aiden, North Carolina. Man, you know, it's amazing because we're working. We've got um, internet, but we are really out here in like, <laughs> yeah. like where summer camp. I mean, summer camp. Okay. <laughs> right. We're right? out here. And so like the kids don't have the phones. Window. They're connecting in ways that like, they're like only at camp. Yeah. Like only at camp do we like maybe maybe not for some of them. You know, maybe yeah. maybe there are kids who are a little more outdoorsy. Yeah. Um, probably so. But I'm looking at we've we're tried to connect the video, the live stream and everything. And it's a little sketchy. I just want you to know, like <laughs> a little, cho- I, little choppy. I like, don't know like, what that is on my face like, like there. Robot. But that's not like <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, we were talking about our youth and the importance of connecting with them as parents and spending time with them. And Mark was pointing out that it's <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, that's not that's not my real face. Um, everybody, go! Y'all should go watch the stream. It's 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 a work of art. It's some kind of Picasso, uh, something I don't know. Um, but anyway, but one of our listeners uh, yeah. did chime in under the live stream and and commented about the importance of grandparents. Yeah, grandparents can step in and do a lot uh, of listening to so my three always have things they want to talk about. So, at, you know, it has to be inter, uh, intergenerational. I think grandparents, parents, like we all, all hands are on deck yeah. should be, you yeah. know, uh, when it comes to uh, raising our, our children, you know, and hopefully the, the godly grandparents are chiming in where they can, you know, not overstepping and reinforcing what the parents are saying, and reinforcing yeah. what the parents are saying, because, if you're looking for a village, that should be your village too. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the family members who are in the Lord, who are willing to help, you know, you, uh, to, and, and use the wisdom that they have, uh, to help raise the children as well. So yeah, joining us to have this conversation and talking about the importance of connecting with our teens and being able to provide a biblical response to their pressing questions. Uh, Mark and Amy Warren, who, mm-hmm. um, direct the youth apologetics track ages 13 to 17. That's right. And before we went to the break, um, Mark, we were talking about the importance of keeping things in right pr- priority and keeping things in focus and recognizing that we are passing the faith on and our desire is to pass the faith on intact to our kids realizing that we are not going to live here with them forever should the Lord tarry. And so we've got to ready them to live and to continue on. Mm. They are like torchbearers, right? They're holding Mm. the faith. And so we want to make sure that we get that to them intact. Mm -hmm. Do we have Mark? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I, um, I, I tried to be intentional and there's a couple things that, you know, I try to encourage, and that is to, uh, of course, develop the relationship with Christ through prayer, and then to spend time reading God's Word and praying for understanding. 
um, mm-hmm. in obedience and then connecting with the local church and in serving um, and doing that together um, is the way God God designed it the mm-hmm. discipleship um, peace in the home as well as through the church and uh, with the foundation of that that one-on-one time, just sitting down over uh, breakfast, coffee, lunch, dinner, and talking, you know, talking and listening, and and spending quality quality time, you know, as much, you know, as much as you can. Yeah. Amy, let me let me kind of get you in here a little bit while we have a connection. I don't know what's going to happen in a few <laughs> minutes, okay? But let me just I'm quickly kind of connection, so. Okay. Are you sharing? Okay, good. Um, I wanted to get you to comment on, if we go back a few conversations, right? We're talking about the importance (laughs) of connecting with our kids. Uh, there's a couple things that I wanted you to share with our listeners. One, I wanted to hear from you, how you practically connect with your teens, uh, in addition to some of the things that you mentioned. And then I also want to talk about some of the pressing questions that parents need to know that kids, our teens in particular, are interested in. And I know that you study these things uh, and discuss and teach and training in apologetics. apologetics. So what are some of the questions that they have? But before we get there, talk to us practically about how you connect with your teenagers. Oh, man. You know, teenagers are, they're, they're, they're like, they, they're still young because they still want you want to be guided. They really do want to be guided. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, they also want to, they want you to know that they are trying to be independent as well. And so trying to sort of um, juggle that can be a challenge sometimes. But man, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom in every Amen. situation. And I would say that's the first thing to understand as a parent, as a youth worker, as someone who might have kids that you're discipling, who ha- might have friends that are not being discipled, um, you know, First and foremost, you know, rely on the Holy Spirit, understand you're not going to have every single answer, number one. Number two, you're not going to be with them every single time that they are in a situation where they need godly wisdom. And that's where you teach them not only from your words, from the scriptures, but also the way you model your life, that you are depending on the wisdom and the guidance and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And some of the things that I do intentionally when I'm frustrated or when something is, you know, going on and things seem to just, you know, either I'm corrected in my own behavior or in um, in times where you're just seeking wisdom. I say out loud in front of my kids, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for wisdom, because they need to know where it's coming from. Amen. They need to know it's not all you. The, our That's our right. goal is not to help our kids be moral for goodness sake, to be good mm. for, for goodness sake. Our goal is to teach our kids that they are broken mm. and that the only that the only solution is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and Amy, life. I'm... No, go ahead. Life go ahead. Gives you just naturally living life intentionally around your children with your children will constantly give you examples and opportunities to model that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really tough when we talk about teenagers is kind of going back to what you said previously is that independence 
And, and I think for most yeah. of us as parents, it's difficult when you are entering into the teenage years. And for some of us, like if you're in the middle of the teenage years or whatever, I think it's difficult to, to reconcile that you've got young adults. You're still responsible mm. for doing a bit of coaching and, and helping them. But what you're hoping is that at this point, you've laid a firm enough foundation that they kind of know what's expected. They know uh, where you're coming from. They understand um, the biblical worldview that fuels all of your engagement and even your interaction with them. But I think for many parents, it's difficult to, to allow them to be adults, like to enter into a discussion where you're maybe not doing all of the talking, like maybe they are talking and maybe they are sharing some of their thoughts. Talk about some of the ways that you navigate that, because I, I know you, Amy, I know that you've got opinions on things like you've got, you, you're going to hold a conversation, right? <laughs> But with our teenagers, how do we share the floor with them? How do we invite them into a conversation where we say, hey, you're, you're mature. You can enter into this conversation while still shaping, but not treating them like children. Man, that is such a good question because you're so right in, in, in all of that. Number one, the fact that I have plenty of opinions. <laughs> and number two, and number two, that they really do. You know, we, as, as our daughter is now going into her second year of college, there's so many opportunities that you just go, okay, Holy Spirit, is this a moment for me just to be, you know, mom right now? Or is this a moment to, for me just to listen? Because mm. in that listening, really, you know, letting them talk, letting them have their say. I will tell you this, Miki and Will. I was surprised at how many things I learned that the Holy Spirit was doing in my child that I didn't mm -hmm. realize. Mm. Because wow. being a homeschool mom, you think, I know my kid more than anybody else. Well, yeah, you kind of do, but not more than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, that's good. And yes, so yes. when she went on to college and she started making her own decisions, making her own choices, some, you know, some of them you're going, man, that is amazing. I didn't realize that, that, you know, that, and you, you kind of want to, you know, pat yourself on the back, but man, that's the Holy Spirit in, <laughs> in, in Amen. your child. Yeah. You know? Because she was once fallen and she made a decision to follow Christ mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit is clearly guiding her. And in the times when, you know, it may be not, might not be a mature, decision it's a it's a it's more of a question guided conversation then like well mm -hmm. what do you think you know about this situation what do you think the lord would want you to do and how do you feel about that mm, and that's so good. leading them more with questions than with advice i think helps them really own their own choices yeah because they still oh. need guidance but it's very yeah. we we it's so easy to guide your kid with questions rather than with just advice Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think part of that is being okay <laughs> as parents, knowing that we don't have to have all of the answers. I think sometimes we just feel like safe in that space, right? Like we feel like that's what <laughs> I do. I show up with answers. But I think what you're saying <laughs> is so instructive. It's so beneficial to show up with questions leading them and guiding them as they are learning how to hear the voice of God. And I want to ask, because we've met you guys as a result of a summer camp. And so we're at a summer camp mm -hmm. right now. Um, what is the benefit from uh, your, your children, what you've seen them being a part of a good biblical summer camp? And is that a great resource as well as parents are looking for things to get their kids involved in? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would say, you know, with being a mom that is mom and dad who have been very intentional in teaching biblical truth and utilizing apologetics and worldview, um, summer camps have always for us been a good thing because they really just kind of help our kids hear the same biblical information mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. other than just mom and dad. Because sometimes <laughs> yeah, mom yeah. and dad, you know, okay, mom and dad, I hear you enough. You know, I need to know for myself, from other people. And it, it's always been beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I am thankful for being uh, able to go to summer camp as a young person. And and I absolutely loved writing in a journal and hearing what God was saying to me. And I love it how my, my two daughters, they love to take that journal and write down Bible verses at summer camp. When I think of, you know, when I hear you say summer camp, I think of taking walks and listening to God and hearing people speak and and just just a retreat and, and an awesome memory that's gonna that's just gonna be a foundation in their their faith to uh, mm. look back upon yeah. to view as something that gave them great encouragement. Amen, amen. Yeah. So let me ask you this: both of you in your work that you do with teens, um, and especially equipping them as it pertains to biblical worldview. What have you been able to identify as maybe like the top or maybe the top two questions that's coming from this generation? Like what's mm. what are the, the big questions that are coming from them as it pertains to the faith or maybe even the way that they see the world? Mm. I would uh, I'll, I'll do one and I'll give I'll let Amy do one. I think being able to explain the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. Why, why did God allow suffering? I think that's one of the most important questions to be able to answer and to, um, to start early and, and not, not shy away from that question. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try to say, well, you know, God, God wants everybody to be rich and, healthy and God wants everything to be perfect. And then kids have to deal with a world where that's not reality. Mm. I think it's very important to, to approach the, the concept of why does God allow suffering from a, a biblical worldview and have answers in that area. Oh man, I wish we had more time because I get you to unpack an answer, <laughs> kind of getting us started on <clears throat> how we think about that. But Amy, I'm going to have to go to you. Yeah, I would definitely say the gender sexuality issue. I think the whole love is love mantra, that ridiculous, illogical, you know, (laughs) circular reasoning um, motto that has been, you know, taken on by the LGBTQ um, mob, I think is is really a big question because, you know, their whole thing is, if I do love my friends, why? Why is Mm. this wrong? If I do love my mom or my dad who has chosen that lifestyle, why is this wrong if they're happier? Mm. Definitely gender sexuality is, is going to be in the top, at least the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely I would say part of, probably part of the top two, just identity, just identity. And it's, and that whole question of identity, identity really has been sort of, um, 
you know, taken on by the whole LGBTQ issue. And so I would say those two issues and, and don't mom, dad, do not grandmom, because I can tell you, I speak to a lot of grandparents, mm-hmm. a lot of grandparents who are struggling to connect with their teenage grandchildren and asking for just practical things and practical um, tools on yeah. how they can connect with that generation because that's one generation yeah. removed from them. Right. And they're struggling right. the most. Yeah. Man, okay, we're out of time. I hate to jump in. I, I always feel like I need more time with you guys, but I just don't have it today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.